Welcome to Bed Crime Stories Podcast. I'm your host, T. To my loyal bed crimers, hello. Hope you guys are all doing well. To anyone new here, a warm welcome. Thank you for checking out the channel. All I ask is that after watching and or listening to the video, if you find you enjoyed it or learned something, do me a favor, smash the like button. Now, without further ado, let's begin. On the day Danny Markell lost his life, he started out a little later than usual. It was July 18th, 2014, smack in the middle of the Florida State University's summer break. Danny was working from home, and he had his two young sons staying with him. At 9 a.m., Danny gets into his black Honda Accord with his young boys. He drives them to daycare. Once they're inside and settled and all their snacks are with them, Danny drives to his gym. He works out for a little more than an hour. At 10.38, Danny gets back in his car to drive home. Along the route, he calls a school that Wendy enrolled their son in. Now, unbeknownst to Danny, a silver Prius has been trailing him all morning, and it's behind him now as he speaks to the school's headmaster. While he's still on the phone, Danny pulls into his garage. Now, at this point, he finally notices the silver Prius because it's pulled up right behind him in his driveway. Danny tells the head of the school a stranger is in his driveway. But before Danny can scream for help, a man from the Prius points at him and fires twice. One shot goes through Danny's forehead, another through his cheek. He has another injury on his arm from trying to shield himself. The perpetrator leaves as quickly as he arrived. Danny will never utter another coherent sentence. He dies the next day. As Danny Markell's family grieves, the Adelsons no doubt rejoice it's no secret that they can't stand Danny Markell, and now Wendy and her sons will be able to move to South Florida without any problems. Now, Wendy will later say that she moved to South Florida out of fear that the perpetrators might come looking for her and her two sons. But again, it's no secret that she wanted to move to South Florida with her boys. Investigators are perplexed by the professional style of the hit, but a look at Wendy's and Danny's divorce seems to offer some answers. The authorities learned that Wendy had tried to get the court to allow her and her boys to move to South Florida the year before. Ultimately, a judge ruled against that, which meant Wendy would be stuck in Tallahassee, a city she loathed, until her youngest son turned 18. So in 2014, when the crime occurred, that meant that Wendy would have had to spend 16 more years of her life in Tallahassee. And Danny had also filed motions 
to say that Wendy had deliberately hid financial assets during their divorce. If Danny's motion was discovered to be true, it would mean attorney Wendy Adelson had dirty hands, which likely meant she would lose her ability to practice and teach law. It would also mean that her reputation would be forever tarnished. During their divorce, Danny had also filed a motion asking the court to require his mother-in-law, Donna Adelson, to have supervision whenever she was with his and Wendy's sons. These two court filings were likely the proverbial matches that lit the fire under the Adelson's arses to take care of the Danny Markell problem, allegedly. Danny Markell clearly had no clue of the degrees to which at least Charlie Adelson would go to win the battle. If Danny had known, his court motions would lead to a murder-for-hire plot against him. I wonder if he would have filed them, or would he instead have suffered in silence? But who would ever think that their ex's wife's brother and possibly other family members would hand over hundreds of thousands of dollars to a Latin King gang member and his childhood friend to have them take his life? That's the plot of a movie, not real life, right? To try and unravel who harmed Danny Markell, the police start looking at surveillance camera footage from businesses Danny had driven to on the day of the crime. The cops head to Danny's gym and obtain the video footage. This is when they get their first big clue. They see that when Danny left the gym that morning, another car followed him out. Then the cops look at footage from city buses in the area, and this confirms that everywhere Danny Markell drove that day, this other vehicle was behind him. The car was tailing him all morning. The vehicle of interest was a silver pine mica Prius. The windows of the Prius were tinted, and whenever the cops tried to see the car's license plate, the angles in the video don't allow for it to be seen. But thankfully, the Prius had some distinguishing features, including a tow hook on the front, and one of the mirrors was an after-factory variety, so it didn't match the mirror on the other side of the car. There was also a Sun Pass transformer in the front window. This hinted that the Prius had come from southern Florida, where the turnpike has toll booths. Unfortunately, all of this was not enough to help identify the driver, and soon the investigation stalled. The cops then increased the reward for information leading to the perpetrator of the crime to $100,000, but this fails to unearth more clues. A year after Danny Markell's death, his and Wendy's house on Trescott Drive was put on the market. At this point, many felt the crime would never be solved. Now, within days of Danny's death, Wendy Adelson had moved in with her parents, and she stayed there for about a year. She later moved into a two-bedroom apartment in Miami Beach with her two sons. Wendy's new neighbors think she's someone who has her shh together, a good job, two beautiful little boys. 
She works for a federal judge. At this point, Wendy is cooperating with Danny's parents, who come down from Canada to see their grandsons. Wendy works with his parents to come up with a plan for these visits. At this juncture, Wendy is being cordial to the Markells. Meanwhile, Wendy's parents seem to always be hovering nearby. Donna, Harvey, and Charlie all live close to Wendy. Donna even babysits Wendy's boys when Wendy's at work. The first two years after Danny's death go by without much information from the police. The cops don't seem to know anything. They have the silver Prius, but they don't have the identity of its driver. Then, in 2016, without warning, an arrest was made. The police had pulled cell phone records for whoever was in the area of Danny Markell's gym and his house on the day of the crime. This led the cops to a 34-year-old man named Zigfredo Garcia from Miami. He was the person using the phone with one of the numbers. Garcia's phone leads the authorities to another guy, Luis Rivera. He was listed in Garcia's contacts. When the cops run Rivera's phone number, they discover Rivera had also been in the area of Dan Markell's home on the day of the crime. And the SunPass transponder on the Prius then leads the cops to a car rental agency near Miami. A receipt from the rental company shows Luis Rivera rented a silver Prius during the period when Danny Markell was attacked. And this is when Zigfredo Garcia was arrested. But it soon becomes clear to the cops that other people are also involved in Dan Markell's death. I'll get into all that in the next episode. Until the next time on Bed Crime Stories. Hey guys, do me a favor, smash that like button.